Father, we thank you for the good word of God. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that the kingdom of God is among us. The kingdom of God is with us. The kingdom of God is welcome in this place and upon the living God. And I thank you, Lord, that it's upon your word. It's upon you. It's upon us. And we turn our full attention to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just confirmation on somebody getting Ezekiel 47. Did you hear me praying about ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep? Somebody had the same same word. All right, so on uh, July the 10th at Prayer Shield, Christy Whitlock, remember, introduced a prayer. She was, she was uh, what's the word, burdened. And she said, everything that happens in this building has to be lived. We have to live so connected to him that it doesn't stay confined to the building. But it totally affects our lives. It affects our families. It affects where we work, whatever, maybe our disposition at work. Maybe you have rules against preaching the gospel and laying hands on the sick at your work. That's fine. But they can't rob Christ from the inside of you. They can't, they can't keep your face from preaching the gospel every day, your demeanor, your attitude. And her prayer in that was, Father, show us how to embrace your kingdom culture. Show us how to embrace your kingdom culture. Her prayer was, Father, help us to quit living like the world, getting our ideas for how to live and how to be from the world and its philosophies. And let's embrace the culture of the kingdom. And I'm here to tell you that the kingdom of God that Jesus announced and declared was present among us, this is the gospel he preached, is a counterculture to the world we're living in. We should not look like the world. We should not deal with issues and problems like the world does. We shouldn't. There should be an atmosphere, a culture, an attitude, a spirit, if you will, among God's people in this earth that is counter to what people see on television every night. And the Lord said what we've been is a subculture. The church in the West has been a subculture, meaning we just blended in. No, we didn't agree, but we just got along and, you know. And I'm not saying we're supposed to go out and throw rocks at people and yell at people. That's not going to help. But I think we can get ourselves in order and get ourselves aligned with the Word and the Spirit of God and live as light and salt in this, in this culture and not apologize for the one we love. And then I'm going to side with him. If he says it's wrong, I'm going to side with him. I still love you, you know, to the world. I still love you. I care about what happens to you. But I am not agreeing with you. I'm going to agree with Jesus, the one who invented life. If he says it's wrong, it's wrong. We have to be a counterculture that sticks out like a sore thumb. And I'm telling you, the more and more we get ourselves familiar with the power of the Holy Spirit, who's the executive producer of the kingdom of God, the redemptive rule of God in the earth and in our hearts, then the more we'll stick out like a sore thumb. Because do you remember in John, 6, uh, John 14, Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, verse 16. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. The world won't receive him. They can't, they can't receive him. They can't know him uh, because they can't see him. They're carnal. But you know him, for he's with you now. He's in me, Jesus is saying, and soon he'll be in you. And you will know who Jesus is through the Holy Spirit. The first role of the Holy Spirit is for you to be a knower. We've got to get people 
here in the West in our churches to move from believers to knowers. Once you begin walking in knowing who he is and who you are, then we'll see authority and boldness and confidence and demonstration. A, B, C, D. I can't wait till he gives us E. I'm sure he's got it. So everybody say counterculture. We're, we're not to blend in. We're to be a counterculture. And so uh, the Lord began to shift my message even last week in embracing God's kingdom culture. We're absolutely certain who we are, how we behave, and what we do as his kingdom citizens. We know who we are. We're not shaken like the rest of the world. We're our people of conviction. The three Hebrew boys were boys of conviction. They just wouldn't bow. And they said, I love it. Even if he doesn't deliver us, we're not going to believe what you're telling us to believe. People of conviction. Kingdom citizens who have embraced the culture of the kingdom of God. We're absolutely certain who we are, how we behave, and what we do as kingdom citizens. And so uh, I actually do have slides for us this week. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you to everybody who helps make it possible. So here's what we're talking about, God's kingdom culture. Number one, if you want to live counter to what the world's doing, embrace your true identity in Christ. Embrace who you are in Christ. I gave you this last week. I'm not going to spend time on it. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. That includes you. Don't know yourself by the flesh. Even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, we don't know him that way any longer. Therefore, if anyone is where? In Christ... He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what Roger was exhorting you in. And then number two, embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. You want to live contrary to the world. Religion has no power. Second Timothy 3 says that in the last days, men would be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, all kinds of weird, wicked stuff. And then it says that they would hold to a form of godliness in verse 5, but deny its power. What's the word in the Greek for power right there? Dunamis. 1 Corinthians 4.20. Scripture interprets Scripture. The kingdom of God is not in word. It's in power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And you shall receive power. Same word. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So we have all... Religion can't do this. There's no power in religion. The power is in... The Holy Spirit, the executive producer of the kingdom of God in your heart and on the earth. All glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So let me give you some scripture. Here it is. Does this sound familiar? Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, look at this, by the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God comes. By the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God comes. By the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God comes. Who conceived Jesus in Mary's womb? Who did that? The Holy Spirit did. So he's conceived as the Son of God in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit. And then when he comes up out of the water in Luke 3, water baptism, who descended in the form of a dove and alighted upon him? The Holy Spirit. And then, only then, after the Holy Spirit had alighted upon him in the form of a dove. Did he go around? I, he goes in Matthew 4. If you go to Matthew 3's account, he's tempted in the wilderness, overcomes all the temptations of the enemy, and then he says, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So in other words, he starts executing 
the kingdom of God on the earth, which is a culture of health and healing. So he would heal people. And then he would preach on healing? No. <laughs> if you were here last week, I hope you remember that. He wouldn't tell everybody, here's, here's how you heal people. He'd do all kinds of weird stuff with mud and wet willies so you wouldn't copy him. After he'd heal people, he'd do what? He'd teach on health. He'd teach on your attitudes. He'd teach on how to live a spiritually first, upright life. Why? Because 65% of all human structural disease originates in your soul and your spirit. So he's like, take good care of your inner man. Verse 29, or how can, okay, and, and I, did I make my point on verse 28? By the Spirit, the kingdom comes. If the, if the king came by the Spirit, then I can promise you the kingdom comes the same way. He enters this natural realm by the Spirit. And God is Spirit, and those who worship Him do so in... So His rule and reign comes by the Spirit. We've got to be... Lovers of the Holy Spirit. Verse 29, Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man? Then he'll plunder his house. (laughs) He'll take it violently. Remember that song, I went to the enemy's camp, took back what he stole from me? That is our job description. And the gates of hell cannot stop you. They won't prevail against you. When's the last time you were attacked by a gate? Yeah, it doesn't happen. Gates lock people out. The enemy has taken things captive, people captive, put them inside these walls. And Jesus said, guess what, guys? I've given you the keys to the kingdom of God. I've given you access to the spirit of God. And the gates of hell cannot stop you from plundering his house. Go get my people out of there. Go get, go get all the blessings that are yours and my people's out of, out of there. What did he do? He came here to enter the strong man's house and plunder his goods. In John 12, Jesus said he called Satan the ruler of this world. So he enters this world, binds him, and now releases his church to take back what the enemy stole. And we're in here complaining on whether we have three fast songs or three slow songs. What color is the carpet? Hey, I like bulletins. Well, I don't like bulletins. Well, I I like contemporary worship. Well, I I like King James Bible. Well, are you kidding me? The kingdom of God is at hand. Let's go get back what the devil stole. Let's be a counterculture. When people are invited to this church to participate in this atmosphere, this environment, they should be met by the presence of the living God. We're not here vending religious goods and services. We're offering the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And let me say it again. The only way to possess this kingdom in the earth in in fullness is full surrender. You cannot live undivided. Sorry. You cannot live divided. You must live undivided. Because any kingdom, any city, any house, including the individual house, divided against itself won't stand. More on that later. Matthew 11, verse 12. The kingdom of God suffers opposition, violence, but the violent take it by force. I never knew what that meant. But when I found Matthew 12, 29, plunder is the same word for Matthew eleven twelve. When he said the violent take it by force, take back the goods that were stolen from us and the kingdom. That's what we're doing. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for that. So Jesus has bound the strong man. Are you ready? 
Are you ready to, to go get back everything that belongs to us? And, and don't just hoard it to yourself. I mean, there's people dying out there. That's a, who was behind that Christianity is solely about dying and going to heaven? The devil did that. The devil said, hey, um, yeah, I'll give you your signing a card thing here, and then I'll give you joy in the sweet by and by. But in between, I will keep my house, and I will plunder even the Christians. I will plunder their goods. I will rob their joy. I'll rob their righteousness. I'll rob their peace. And all we're doing is thinking about the rapture or the sweet by and by somehow. Nobody in heaven needs our help. They're all here. And look at what he's given you. He's given you his kingdom. He's given you his power. He's he, You share in his glory. John 17. He's given you his spirit. He's given you his word. He's given you his blood. How I many you know there's power in the blood? Luke 12, 32. Jesus said, don't fear. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And he wasn't talking about when you're dead, you can enter these gates. Somewhere in the book of Acts, it says, with great tribulation, one enters into the kingdom. There's not a fight at Peter's gate to get in. The opposition to enter and participate with the kingdom is here. That's where the tribulation is. But we're going to enter and we're going to stay and we're going to let Jesus be Lord of every part of our lives. All day, every day. We're going to feast on him. Father, let all their appetites be ruined in the name of Jesus. Let them all be ruined. Let them turn away from the world, from love of food, love of money. Lord, let them no longer be undivided in their devotion and in their love and in their mind. Let their appetites burn for you. Let them burn for the living God. Let, let it be true about us. We have food which you do not know about. And my food is to do the will of my Father. And right now we're pillaging and plundering the gates of hell to get back what the enemy stole. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about acquiring church members. Building Sunday school. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me to preach good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, heal the sick, liberty to the captive, sight to the blind, to declare the year of Jubilee. All debts are paid. All slaves go free. All slaves go free. Are you kidding me? Yes. And that Luke 4, 18 and 19 job description of Jesus is still our job description today. If it was the first job, it was the job description of the first body of Christ, Jesus of Nazareth then it's true about the current body of Christ. Don't forfeit your job description. 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God was made manifest was to destroy the works of the devil. Let's go to the next one. What is this one? Uh, let's see what that is. Acts 1, 8. I already quoted you that one. You should receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Look at this. Embrace the lordship of Jesus over every part of you. The three people that have been delivered from the torment of unforgiveness and bitterness. Do you suppose they went away kicking rocks after that? 
Or do you think they were glad that they embraced the lordship of Jesus? See, if he's Lord, then you don't get to build cases to justify your ugliness. You don't get to build a case. Lord means master, owner, chief in charge. And if he says as Lord, Holly, forgive that person, what should Holly do? Forgive. And he's told you that, hadn't he? I bet he's told every one of us in this room that. Because while you think in holding grudges, you're doing harm to the other person, the deepest harm is to yourself. And he's going, you're hurting you and I's relationship. So forgive, release the debt. And if you struggle forgiving, then get a hold of how forgiven you are. Because Jesus is the greatest leader this world has ever seen. And he would never lead you by demand. He leads by what he supplies. So if he's going to ask you to forgive, that must mean you have forgiveness to give with. If he says, love your neighbor, how do you do that? Receive his love. You love your neighbor because Christ first loves you. And he lives in you and he's still loving your neighbor through you. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. Embrace the lordship of Jesus over every part. So if he's talking to you right now about forgiving somebody, forgiving your neighbor, forgiving yourself, whatever it is, do it. Whatever he says do, do that. Remember Mary's flash of brilliance at the wedding at Cana? With all the gallons, 120, 150 gallons of water he turned into wine. What did she tell the servants? Whatever he says do, do that. That's what it is for him to be Lord of your life. You don't get to build cases to justify your ugliness. I remember when he told me, Steve, don't ever let your response to someone's sin be uglier than the sin they committed. I'm like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Second Corinthians 3, I've read this one to you. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is lording, there's liberty. So those three people, He let them be Lord. He let them, He let, uh, they let Him be the chief decision maker, and it brought freedom and liberty to their life, to their emotion, to their body. Do you know how many diseases come from unforgiveness? Worry, stress, anxiety, all that, you're not made for it. You're made in the image of God. So whatever looks good on Him, that's what you want flowing in your veins. Verse 18, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory. How? By the Spirit of the Lord. Look at this one. Luke 6, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Next. <laughs> Matthew 12, 24, when the Pharisees heard what Jesus was doing, they said, this fellow doesn't cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Jesus knew their thoughts. I love that. And he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to your pastor and he said this, Steve, one only possesses my kingdom in full surrender. Otherwise, you're divided. And if you're divided, you will not stand. He said, united, Steve stands. Divided, he falls. And he said, oh, by the way, when you oppose who you really are in me, you actually oppose your own good. Because everything he is in Steve is health and healing. Everything he is in Steve is joy and peace and love. Can I, can I get a witness that every fruit of the Spirit is healthy for human beings? Why am I saying this? Because it's the culture of the kingdom of God. It's the culture He's building among us. And once He builds it here, Lord, build it everywhere. 
Let it change from advancing God's kingdom one heart at a time to advancing God's kingdom one town at a time. Let's go colonize every town that will welcome the kingdom of God. Let's colonize and culturalize with the kingdom li- with kingdom living every town, every city, every church that would welcome the kingdom of God being proclaimed. Has anybody noticed that the atmosphere of our services is different the last three, four weeks? Anybody noticed? Go ahead and clap your hands. I rejoice in it. He said, Steve, announce and embrace the culture of my kingdom at Grace Church. And then he said, don't you dare bring substitutes or imitations. Yes, Lord. So do you see? It's a culture. It's, it's a way of life. It's how we live. We're different. We don't hold grudges. We do love our enemies. We do preach the truth and don't compromise with the world's lack of morals. Amen. He said, it must be your all for my all. How many of you want his all? Everything he's got to offer. There's only one requirement. Your all. And let's have a sobering thought, shall we? As Americans here in the West, we have lived with divided love, divided loyalty, divided motives, uh, divided what else? Minds. James chapter 1 verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You cannot serve God and money for you're divided in your loyalties. You cannot desire the uh, appetite of the dogs or the swine. This is all from the Beatitudes, or sorry, from the Sermon on the Mount. You can't take what is holy and give it to dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine. What's he saying? You can't be divided in your desires. You cannot desire everything the world's offering you on the internet and then say that you love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Come on, somebody. I share this with you because I've been sitting with him in it. He's talking to me about it. How many of you have ever heard of the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 9? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is... What does one mean? He's undivided. He has integrity. The word integrity means one. And then, what does it say after that? And you shall love the Lord your God with all. Guess what all means? (laughs) All. I'll save you some Greek work right there or some Hebrew work right there. And then Jesus repeats this in, where is it? Matthew. I don't want to misquote. I want to give it to you. 12, 29 and 30. Jesus repeats this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. All that stuff means is that he's undivided. And then he's inviting us to do the same. And so what's changed about me over the last few weeks is I'm not divided. I'm all in. My appetites have changed. I don't really desire the things of the world. I don't. 
A real test will be when OU football comes around. <laughs> but, but I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. In a new conference, possibly. United Steve stands, divided he falls. How about John 17, verse 20 through 23? I know Don Wheeler knows it. Anybody else know John 17, 20 through 23? Jesus is praying for us and he says, Father, I pray that they would be one as you and I are, that they're one in us. What's he saying? I pray that they're undivided. The reason the church in America has landed with such a weak echo instead of a voice is because we're very divided. We love the world way too much. We love the things of the world way too much. How about Matthew 5, 8? Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Anybody want to take a guess what pure means? Single and undivided. You want to see God? Give Him all your heart. The question was posed earlier. Who wants all of Him? We're like, yeah, I want all of Him. Here's the criteria. All of you for all of Him. Praise God. All of you for all of Him. And we give it a fancy name. It's called Lordship. <laughs> So all into him, I stand. Divided, I fall. Where lie the divisions? Divided motives. Read Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said to the Pharisees, they would pray to be seen of men. They would pray to be noticed by others. They had divided motives. People would serve God. Why? For the payoff. Not because of who he is. Divided motives. How about divided desires? They would love the the dogs of appetite more than they would love God. Divided loyalties. We serve God we tr- and yet turn around and trust in money. Our trust is not in money. Our trust is in God, not mammon. Divided approval. Are you divided in your approval seeking that you want people to approve of you more than God? That's why you don't say anything. Because we long for man's approval. You're divided. If you're divided, you're not going to stand. You'll stumble. How many of you know he'll still love you? Absolutely. He's still with you. And he'll be there to coach you up and say, hey, if a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up seven times. But I'm telling you, he's after all of your loyalty. Love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then divide it in your mind. You have the mind of Christ. You do not need the mind of this natural world, church. You have the mind of Christ. Let's live by it. And not be double-minded. James chapter 1, verse 8. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says to put on uh, the new man. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can I get a witness on this? Three of you. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> You guys remember this one last week? You want to live counter culture to the world we live in. You've got to embrace your true identity in Christ. Embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. Embrace the Lordship of Jesus in every part of your life. And then number four, embrace the health and healing of God's kingdom. Because the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus preached did not preach a gospel of healing. TV preachers. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. Healing is just a byproduct. Yeah. 
It's a collateral blessing of being in the culture where God's Spirit is ruling and reigning. Thank you, brother. The gospel of the kingdom and good health were and are inseparably connected. God, His kingdom, His way are not just good. They're actually good for you. You say, Brother Steve, I don't know where you're getting this. Well, here we go. Psalm 107.20. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So the word, you got to take it in. you got to act on it. you got to obey it. And it's good health to you. And if you say, I can't do this without you, Jesus. Yay! <laughs> you got it. Because <laughs> Christianity is life lived in union with Christ. He's not in you to be a spectator. He's in you to live and love through you and execute what he wants executed through your willingness. Christianity is not belief in a God far off somewhere who's doing this or this every day watching you. You're supposed to be living out your union in him. That's what Roger was talking about. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's not just the way to get to the Father. He is, but He's also the way you're designed to live. He's the truth about you. Was Jesus ever sick? I can't even find where His disciples, when He's among them, was ever sick. Now, Peter's mother-in-law was, but He healed her and she got up and started serving. Why? Because the King and His kingdom, present even in this nasty world, is health and healing. And boy, we'd stick out like a sore thumb, wouldn't we? They'd be like, Roger, why are you always so healthy? Kelly, why you always got a smile on your face? Well, let me share with you the one in whom I have believed. The one in whom that I know. How about this one? Matthew 9, 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their churches, preaching the gospel of church membership. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This is the gospel he preached. Healing every sickness, every disease. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep with no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Pray that we get some more laborers out there, some more people that think like shepherds. Matthew chapter 8, verse 15. So he touched Peter's Peter's mother-in-law's hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. And when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed and he cast out the spirits with a, a word and he healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities. He himself bore our sicknesses. Don't hold on to sickness. Resist sickness like you resist sin. Come on, Holy Ghost. Luke 6, 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and he healed them all. What's the Greek word for power? Dunamis. Holy Ghost. Luke 9, 11. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed Jesus and he received them and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. Huh. <laughs> I love it. Why didn't he... Why didn't he sit him down and say, here's how you heal people. Get some, you spit in the dirt, make a couple of mud balls, put it on their eyes, and tell them to go wash in the bathtub. That's how you do it. He didn't do that. 
He would sit them down and talk about the kingdom of God. There's a culture within the earth's atmosphere, within human beings' hearts that he cultivates that exudes health. So he'd sit them down and say, blessed, highly favored, to be envied are the poor in spirit. Healthy are those who mourn. Healthy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Healthy are those who participate with God's divine nature. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, Old Testament. My son, pay attention to my words. Turn your ear to my words. Listen to what I say. Don't let them depart in your eyes. Look at this one. Keep them where? In the midst of your... For they are life to those who find them and health to one's entire body. You want to live as a counterculture to the world? Do you think the world spends much, pays much attention to Medicare? We spend billions of dollars. Look at the TV time. The, the yoga ballet booty machine. I mean, I'm saving you all kinds of money. And yes, you should work your outer man. Get you a Stairmaster or whatever. What's that thing you walk on? What's that? A treadmill. Get you one. But if you're fooling yourself if you don't think that you can make your health from inside of you. What attitudes do you carry? What spirit and demeanor do you live life with? What is your thought life? That's where you start in the culture of the kingdom of God. You start from within. Because as I said earlier, one doctor said 65 to 85% of all structural human body disease originates in the soul and the spirit of a human being. That's why he didn't teach you how to heal. He taught you how to live in divine health, which is a priority in the culture of the kingdom of God on the earth. Healthy are those who love God. Healthy are those who love their neighbor, don't hate them. Healthy are those who choose forgiveness, not grudges. Come on, let's give him praise. Do you see now? That's why his first public ministry statement, he did not say repent, the church is here. I mean, it sounds okay. But when you say repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. My goodness, it hits with a thud. And there's ripples. That's what we're announcing. That's what we're embracing. And the beautiful part is, if you love Sunday morning, you can, you can enjoy Him all week long. It doesn't just happen here for an hour and a half or whatever, two hours on Sunday. I mean, right, Ron? You can abide with Him all week long. You can walk in His ways all week long. You can work the works of Jesus all week, all week long. And I'll tell you this too, everybody who needs help is out there. I take that back, not everybody. Because we need help too. We do. There's not a person in this room that doesn't need help. So let's don't forget that. We need one another. And we need to release health and healing on each other too. Thank you. I stand corrected on that. All right, let's stand together. <laughs> Levon, you guys can come on out. It's safe. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, did I get them all? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Did I get uh, Luke nine eleven? Okay, good. Let me tell you something. How many of you are familiar with 3 John 2? I desire, brethren, that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. You look at these passages. Jesus 
healing because it's just part of the culture of the kingdom he's announcing. It's what his lordship does. It's good health. It's soundness of mind. Here's what I want to say to you. If, if it's God's will to heal you, and clearly it is, Jesus is God's will and his word walking around with sandals on, I believe it's God's will for you to stay healthy. And I think that divine health is even more important to him than miraculous healing. I think it is part of it. But he would teach on the kingdom of God. He would teach on the right attitudes to have, the way life is to be lived, and he would demonstrate it. Remember, he didn't just point the way to forgiveness and say, Gladys, make sure you forgive that person. Holly, make sure you forgive that person. He never went anywhere first that he's not inviting you to. Amen? He's not a signpost pointing the way. He is the way. And I can prove that because when he's on the cross and they're murdering him, crown of thorns, plucked his beard right off his face. I can't even imagine. And he says, are you ready? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He's teaching you how to live. And I'm telling you guys, this is kind of how this started. In him teaching us how to live, you've got to hear me on this. When you walk upon the way, when you live the kingdom life, Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father in your heart and mind. All of heaven and earth backs you. There's authority in your walk because you're walking in the way. Does that make sense? Every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here this morning. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to invite you to do that this morning. What I want you to do is if that's you, when we dismiss in prayer, I just want you to come to the front and share it with me or one of our altar workers, volunteers. Uh, share with us that you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning, you've never made him Lord. Maybe he was just fire insurance. Maybe he was something that you thought about in the sweet by and by. But you'd say, Brother Steve, I want Jesus to be Lord. Then as soon as we dismiss, I want you to meet us here at the front. I also want to say this. If you have drifted from the Lord and you've come back to him and you want to reannounce your declaration of faith in Jesus Christ, you want to be water baptized, The next one is August 22nd. You can share that with us as well. Father, I thank you for the announcement and the demonstration, the presence of your kingdom in our midst and in our hearts. I bless everyone under the sound of my voice, those uh, worshiping online as well. May we be a living model, demonstration and example of what life in the culture of our Father's kingdom looks like. We ask it all in Jesus' name and authority. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Let's go change our world. You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.